You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to Claret and Blue. My name is Matt Davis, filling in for Dan Rawlinson today on a well-earned day off. And I'm here to discuss the appointment of Neil Critchley as Aston Villa's number two. To get some insight on that, we're joined by Lancashire Live's Blackpool FC writer, Sean McGinley. Sean, thanks for joining us on what was a day off. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. I'm in the middle of moving houses at the moment, so it was ideal timing from uh, Neil Critchley. So I thank him very much for that. Yes, yes. Uh, a, a few people with Blackpool uh, uh, thanking Neil in a similar manner, I guess. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your initial take on his on his moves to Villa and how it's gone down at your end? Shock, I think, is is the word. I think I think everyone was kind of prepared for an offer from somewhere for him in the near future. But to be honest, I think he was he was probably good enough to get a, a Premier League lower Premier League job on his own terms anyway, rather than a number two job. So. I think there's an element of surprise that he's taken an assistant role. Obviously, I'm sure as we'll come on to, the, the assistant role at Villa is probably slightly different to, to other places in terms of the influence that they have. But yeah, just gem, generally surprise. I think a lot of fans aren't happy. And I think hopefully over time that will turn into sort of a memory of how good he was for Blackpool and how much he did for the club. But at the moment, I think it's all a bit raw and a bit, they feel almost bit let down really because he'd been talking about a longer term vision, a longer term plan with the club headed into next season and now that's very quickly gone on the back burner. Yeah, you mentioned there the work he'd done at Blackpool. I mean, he's not a household name, especially if you're you know a Premier League fan like Villa fans are. I mean, tell us a bit about the job he did do at Blackpool while he was there. Yeah, well, he, he didn't get off to the greatest of starts in, in League One. Um, so he was sort of one win in about 10, I think it was at the start. Um, and he was sort of sticking to his principles. And then it kind of came a moment where sometimes I feel like there's a perception of young managers that they will just have a set style of play and just stick to it regardless. And he kind of adapted and that adaptability has really seen him through. And that's been the, the difference maker for us. He went on an amazing run in League One. The defence was uh, solid and sound and could barely concede a goal. We had Dan Ballard on loan from, from Arsenal who was a big part of that in League One. And generally, in terms of, I think his main trait was his off-the-ball work and his ability to to sort of see a game in a clearer picture than anyone else on, in, in the League One. In League One in particular, I think tactically he's probably up there with some of the best, I think, personally. I think that it's probably natural that later in his career he'll take that step again into the number one role. But obviously we got that promotion from League One, which... Wasn't really expected off the back of the Grayson season. It was a pretty generic mid-table finish. So to get that promotion, we almost got promoted a year early, I think, in terms of the, the club's plans anyway. And then he's come up into the championship and he's done well with the resources that he's got at his disposal. We never, ever looked over our shoulders in, in terms of relegation. And there was a spell just before the international break in 2022 where we thought maybe perhaps we could make a late push for the playoffs, but tailed off a little bit towards the end. But... Overall, it's an amazing achievement to finish 16th in the championship in the first season back with with what is one of the lowest budgets in the league. Uh, I, I guess it's a regular thing with Villa now that we say here. There's the Gerard Paul. Obviously, there's a connection there with Gerard, isn't there, for, from Liverpool. They've known each other for quite a while, haven't they? Yeah, so I think um, Critchley kind of took over from Michael Beale when he, he left for uh, Sao Paulo um, for a time. And... Yeah, Gerard kind of worked under both of them for a spell and sort of learnt the trade there. And I think obviously I've sort of read quite a bit about Michael Beale and his, his as a tactician in particular. It's he's quite an important part of that. And 
it's the sort of similar thing with Neil Critchley now. So it really wouldn't be surprising if sort of again, like Michael Beale's built built up a reputation now in the wider fan base. I think perhaps Neil Critchley will do the exact same in, in the Premier League because they're cut from the same cloth, really. And I think that's probably important in terms of Gerard having that sustainability at Villa. One of the things that's kind of a hallmark of Gerard football is you, you push the fullbacks on, everything goes through the fullbacks. So you, he, he plays one striker and he's played two tens or two strikers and one ten uh, at the end of last season. I mean, what kind of football were, were Blackpool playing? Is it a, a similar vein to that? <clears throat> well, I think, again, I'll, I'll touch on that adaptability is that he, he kind of prepared for different opponents and tweaked things based off of them. I think that's where a lot of the success came, but if you're talking generally over over a season, he played a four four two, and again it was all about the wing backs, like you say, um, trying to get balls into the box. Two strikers up top, a bit more direct than perhaps we initially expected him to be when he, he came in the door. But that again, I think that's that pragmatism that he has that he can kind of see when is best to to play out from the back and when's not to. I think a prime example of that is that we played uh, Russell Martin Swansea at home, and obviously they're very possession based. And we simply just sat off for the entire game, got an early goal and sat off them and let them have the ball. And then three days later, we played Sheffield United and we were pressing from the front really aggressive. So in the, he understands little tweaks to make on opposition, uh, different opposite, uh, opponents. And I think that perhaps will factor into being a number two as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Forest fan, so I watched a lot of Championship football last season. Not this season coming, thankfully, but I was <laughs> massively impressed with Blackpool. I thought he did a great job. What was he like to deal with? And to, do, is he a good bloke? Uh, what kind of sense do you get of his man management with players? Yeah, he's, he's one of the most genuinely nice people you'll probably ever meet. He's, he's very open and honest. He'll always back his own opinions, and I think that stands for a lot, really, in that he's very measured and, and understands what he wants and he's very confident in what he wants and I think you only have to see the reaction from the likes of Gary Medine on social media they, they absolutely adored him and they always used to say in, in press conferences that it doesn't matter what Neil Critchley tells them they know he's right so they're going to follow it anyway there used to be this thing where they, they weren't quite sure at first and then when he started to tweet things or when he'd rotate the side quite often so for example, I think Jake Beasley scored a double and then was dropped the next game. And he kind of just, he would always pick the team based on that opponent and wouldn't care about the past match in terms of form and things like that quite often. So it was all about trust in the squad. And I think you can tell by the fact that, again, Jake Beasley wasn't actually in the side for four months. When he joined in January, he was sort of in the background and fans were sort of asking questions of where he was, where when he would play. And then he turned up and scored against Birmingham in the in the 6-1 win, which I, I'm, I'm sure I'll share on here because I'm sure they'll like that. But um, that just kind of shows that there's this inherent trust in him, inherent belief in what he does. And I, I've, I've not seen that in, in a manager in, in a long time at Blackpool. I, I grew up a Blackpool fan and I probably have him down as the best manager in terms of his ability in the ceiling that you can get to. And that obviously includes Ian Holloway and the like. So really disappointing to see him go, but he's such a good man manager but he's also such a good tactician as well I suppose some Villa fans uh, might think well he's only ever managed in the lower league lower leagues but with his Liverpool background and now that experience of being a number one does it feel like Villa are getting kind of a well-rounded coach who's ready for this to work in the Premier League now yeah, because I think you could see him grow as, as the, the job was going on he looked more confident he was quite shy I think at first with the press and just generally looked a bit 
almost unsure because obviously he's new to the, the role. It's, it's natural that that's going to happen. And then very quickly, his results started to go his way. He became much more confident. He seems, he leaves a very assured man in what he wants and what he wants to achieve. And I think part of the reason of him leaving is that he doesn't like to sit still. He always wants to progress. And I think he probably sees this as the next natural progression step and that he can have that progression with Villa. So, yeah, he's, he's to me, he's, he should be a Premier League manager for me because that's how highly I see him. So it's kind of difficult to talk about him in the fact that he's a number two at Premier League side because I do genuinely think the first Premier League job that had come up next season and Neil Critchley should have been in that, that post. But uh, we move on, I guess. Do you think one fringe benefit for Blackpool that fans might hope for now is that actually Critchley uses this connection and it benefits Villa and they might send some of their younger players to Blackpool. They've got uh, quite a lot of players who ended up last season in the Championship. Do you think Blackpool might be a destination now for some of those players to go and get regular football at that level? Yeah, we'd hope so. It'd be nice if we could get Cameron Archer, I'm sure, the uh, the other side of Lancashire would love that one. But um it's quite interesting, actually, on that point, because Critchley never really used his Liverpool connection because he liked to develop the players that are in, in the house and his own players and sort of... There's an extent to which I feel like there's an over-reliance sometimes on loanies in the Championship to get you to where you need to be, and he didn't really sort of buy into that. So it'd be interesting to see if the new manager perhaps is more inclined to do that. But, yeah, I mean, you can see the youth talents that Villa have. It's It'd be a great boost for us to have someone that even if it's just a striker or a defender or midfielder, anyone on the pitch, just to have that extra little bit of quality where perhaps when there's been tight margins last season where we didn't quite get the rub of the green, then that extra bit of quality would help. And you mentioned about player development there. Is that something you think he's going to bring to Villa? Because they have got so many young players like Jacob Ramsey and people like that. He works well with young players then, does he? Yeah, and, and, and old players as well. And I think that's an important point to make is that Richard Keogh came into the club and I think everyone was asking why has this happened because you didn't expect him to be a championship footballer probably ever again after after leaving Huddersfield and he came in he looked a bit shaky at first and he's really improved as a player under Neil Critchley and he said himself he's learned things about his game at 35 that he hadn't learned in the 20 years before and I think that's an important point to make as well because everyone seems to have improved under him I made the point yesterday that if you have a mid-table squad, Neil Critchley will get you promotion. If you've got a relegation squad, Neil Critchley will get you mid-table because he gets these little fine margins out of players that perhaps shouldn't have them. And I think it will kind of show now that he's left that certain players that perhaps have been overperforming at times might start to regress a bit because Neil Critchley's not there. So that's a massive factor for him. And I think that's the most important thing for him. He always referenced how important player development was for him in the role. So, yeah, I think that's the key, really. Any worry at your end that any players... Are- that good that he might take an Arsenal something of Josh Bowler here. Is there anyone or are they really not quite like ready to make a move to a club like Villa? I think that the one that, that can make a step to the Premier League is Marvin Epiteta, the, the centre-half. He's he's come up from the lower leagues, non-league, and sort of worked his way up. Quite a, a great story, really. He's had practically a promotion every year over the past five years and worked his way up the ladder. And he's he walks the championship at this point. It's He's an impressive, intelligent footballer. And he's uh, he, he's ready-made for the Premier League for me, but obviously whether, whether Villa have centre-half uh, gaps to fill, I don't know, but he would be the one for me that I think would step up. I think Josh Bowler probably needs another season in the Championship. I don't think he's as consistent as he probably should be if he's then going to go and get a Premier League move, but I think perhaps he might get a Premier League move anyway with, with Forrest and Bournemouth looking into him. 
Yeah, Forest were massively keen in January, weren't they? Yeah. Um, just lastly then, I mean, it's not the biggest concern for Villa fans, but what next for Blackpool? Are you, are you a bit fearful now that they might get this choice wrong? It's a big moment for your club, isn't it? Yeah, I, I am a bit worried because, it, again, it's that point of Critchley was getting levels out of a squad that probably realistically shouldn't be getting those levels. And it's he was already kind of pointing towards the fact that this summer will be big in terms of recruitment. The budget isn't great this, this summer because they're having to put internal infrastructure investments into the training ground and the new East Stand because obviously under previous ownership, Blackpool's just been abandoned. So they're about 20 years behind everyone else as a normal football club. So you have to try and entice a manager to come into that setup, kind of knowing that it will be a massive risk and perhaps you might be fearful of relegation. But I think the club are well set in terms of the staff behind the scenes to, to identify the right type of manager. I think it's important that they don't, rip up the copybook, if, if that makes sense, in terms of this has worked with Neil Critchley, so why not try again down a similar vein? Um, so hopefully we'll see some. I imagine it'll probably be a left-field appointment, in, in all honesty. Excellent. Right. Um, well, we wish Blackpool well, and we'll leave it there. We'll be back uh, next week, early next week, with Dan and uh, the regular contributors for a full-length podcast. But hopefully that was interesting for everyone watching along. We do appreciate you joining us. Sean, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I wish you well for the summer. I hope you're well for Blackpool and we'll see everyone soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.